Welcome back to Queer as a $5 Bill, the podcast. I'm Lee Wind, the author and your host. This is bonus episode 35, the world debut audio of the Lincoln chapter from No Way They Were Gay, Hidden Lives and Secret Loves. If you're just joining us now, you can start at the beginning with podcast episode one. Content advisory, No Way They Were Gay, is intended for listeners and readers ages 11 and up. You'll hear some other voices throughout, and that's to let you know that those words are primary sources, coming to you directly from the historical people themselves, though played by actors. The rest will be narrated by me. Ready? Here we go. Chapter 2 of No Way They Were Gay, President Abraham Lincoln, 1809-1865, United States. I now have no doubt that it is the peculiar misfortune of both you and me to dream dreams of Elysium far exceeding all that anything earthly can realize. Far short of your dreams as you may be, no woman could do more to realize them than that same black-eyed Fanny. Abraham Lincoln in an 1842 letter to Joshua Fry Speed. We all know who Abraham was, or do we? Abraham Lincoln's rise to president is the stuff of legend. Born in a log cabin, he got America through the Civil War, freed the slaves, and preserved the Union. Abraham was also a man who loved another man. Before that fame, when he was 28 years old, Abraham arrived in Springfield, Illinois, to find work as a lawyer. He was poor and didn't even have a place to sleep. He found a carpenter who could build him a bed, and then went to the A.Y. Ellis & Company General Store to buy a mattress, pillow, sheets, and blanket. That's how he met a young store clerk named Joshua Fry Speed. Abraham couldn't afford the $17 bill. Instead of giving Abraham the items on credit, Joshua suggested Abraham move in with him above the store, offering to share the bed he slept in. Abraham agreed. At the time, it wasn't unusual for men to share beds. What might be considered unusual is that they continued to share that bed for four years, long past when Abraham succeeded as a lawyer, long past Abraham's being able to afford his own bed. They lived together, sharing that bed, even while Abraham courted a young local woman, Mary Todd. Around January 1, 1841, Joshua told Abraham he was moving back to his home state of Kentucky. That same week, Abraham broke off his engagement to Mary and entered one of the biggest depressions of his life. A few weeks later, Abraham wrote to his law partner, I am now the most miserable man living. If what I feel were equally distributed to the whole human family, there would not be one cheerful face on the earth. Whether I shall ever be better, I cannot tell. I awfully forebode I shall not. To remain as I am is impossible. I must die or be better, it appears to me. In February 1842, Joshua married Fanny Henning. In November 1842, Abraham married Mary. They would eventually have four sons. Fast forward almost 20 years. Abraham was the president and the American Civil War was raging. Union General William T. Sherman was desperate for supplies, but the government in Washington was ignoring his requests. Sherman went to Joshua to ask for his help because he'd heard that Joshua knew the president. 
Joshua told the general to write down everything he needed. Then Joshua went to see Abraham in the White House. Three days later, Sherman got everything he had requested. Astonished, he asked Joshua, How is this that more attention is paid to the requests of you, a citizen, than me, a general in the army? You had better take command here. Joshua told him of his history with the president and said, The only mistake you made, general, was not asking for more. History has lost most of the letters Joshua wrote Abraham, but we do have a number of the letters Abraham wrote Joshua. Was Abraham Lincoln gay? Bi? Was he in love with Joshua Fry Speed? Before you form your opinion, listen to Abraham's own words. Springfield, Illinois, February 13th, 1842. This letter was written the day after Abraham's birthday and the day before Valentine's Day, just a few days after Joshua married Fanny. Dear Speed, yours of the first instant came hand three or four days ago. When this shall reach you, you will have been Fanny's husband several days. You know my desire to befriend you is everlasting. Their connection is everlasting. That I will never cease while I know how to do anything. But you will always hereafter be on ground that I have never occupied, and consequently, if advice were needed, I might advise wrong. I do fondly hope, however, that you will never again need any comfort from abroad. Abraham hopes that being married to Fanny will meet Joshua's emotional needs. But should I be mistaken in this? Should excessive pleasure still be accompanied with a painful counterpart at times? Still let me urge you, as I have ever done, to remember, in the depth and even the agony of despondency, that very shortly you are to feel well again. I am now fully convinced that you love her as ardently as you are capable of loving. Your ever being happy in her presence, and your intense anxiety about her health, if there were nothing else, would place this beyond all dispute in my mind. Abraham is trying to convince Joshua that Joshua really does love Fanny. I incline to think it probable that your nerves will fail you occasionally for a while, but once you get them fairly graded now, that trouble is over forever. I think if I were you, in case my mind were not exactly right, I would avoid being idle. I would immediately engage in some business or go to making preparations for it, which would be the same thing. If you went through the ceremony calmly or even with sufficient composure not to excite alarm in any present, you are safe beyond question, and in two or three months, to say the most, will be the happiest of men. I would desire you to give my particular respects to Fanny, but perhaps you will not wish her to know you have received this, lest she should desire to see it. Yeah, after that last sentence, Joshua's not going to want to show this letter to Fanny, or she'll ask him what exactly would have alarmed everyone at their wedding. Make her write me an answer to my last letter to her at any rate. I would set great value upon another letter from her. Write me whenever you have leisure. Yours forever, A. Lincoln. P.S. I have been quite a man since you left. Is this written in code? Does it mean that, just like Joshua, who married Fanny, Abraham is now actively courting women? Springfield, February 25th, 1842. Dear Speed, 
I received yours of the twelfth, written the day you went down to William's place some days since, but delayed answering it till I should receive the promised one of the sixteenth, which came last night. I opened the latter with intense anxiety and trepidation, so much that, although it turned out better than I expected, I have hardly yet, at the distance of ten hours, become calm. Ten hours later, and he's still freaking out. This is really important to Abraham. I tell you, Speed, our forebodings, for which you and I are rather peculiar, are all the worst sort of nonsense. I fancied from the time I received your letter of Saturday that the one of Wednesday was never to come. And yet it did come. And what is more, it is perfectly clear, both from its tone and handwriting, that you were much happier, or, if you think the term preferable, less miserable, when you wrote it than when you wrote the last one before. Joshua married Fanny a few weeks earlier and is miserable. Abraham is trying to tell him it will be okay. You had so obviously improved at the very time I so much feared you would have grown worse. You say that something indescribably horrible and alarming still haunts you. You will not say that three months from now, I will venture. When your nerves once get steady now, the whole trouble will be over forever. Nor should you become impatient at their being even very slow in becoming steady. Again, you say, you much fear that that Elysium of which you have dreamed so much is never to be realized. Elysium means heaven. Well, if it shall not, I dare swear it will not be the fault of her who is now your wife. I now have no doubt that it is the peculiar misfortune of both you and me to dream dreams of Elysium far exceeding all that anything earthly can realize. Far short of your dreams as you may be, no woman could do more to realize them than that same black-eyed Fanny. So the dreams of heaven that Joshua and Abraham shared didn't involve women. If you could but contemplate her through my imagination, it would appear ridiculous to you that anyone should for a moment think of being unhappy with her. My old father used to have a saying that if you make a bad bargain, hug it all the tighter. And it occurs to me that if the bargain you have just closed can possibly be called a bad one, it is certainly the most pleasant one for applying that maxim to which my fancy can by any effort picture. The bad bargain Joshua needs to hug all the tighter was his marrying Fanny. I write another letter enclosing this, which you can show her if she desires it. This is a secret letter sent with a decoy letter that was safe for Joshua to show Fanny. I do this because she would think strangely, perhaps, should you tell her that you receive no letters from me, or telling her you do should refuse to let her see them. I close this, entertaining the confident hope that every successive letter I shall have from you, which I here pray may not be few or far between, may show you possessing a more steady hand and cheerful heart than the last preceding it. As ever, your friend, Lincoln. And on October 5, 1842, Abraham wrote Joshua this. 
but I began this letter not for what I have been writing, but to say something on that subject which you know to be of such infinite solicitude to me, the immense sufferings you endured from the first days of September till the middle of February, you never tried to conceal from me, and I well understood. You have now been the husband of a lovely woman nearly eight months. That you are happier now than you ever were the day you married her, I well know, for without, you could not be living. Joshua was so miserable on the day he got married that Abraham is saying if he'd stayed that unhappy, he'd be dead. But I have your word for it too, and the returning elasticity of spirits which is manifested in your letters. But I want to ask a closer question. Are you now in feeling as well as in judgment, glad that you are married as you are? Abraham's question reveals that Joshua judged marrying Fanny as the right thing to do, but he didn't feel it. And now Abraham wants to know, did feelings for his wife come later? From anybody but me, this would be an impudent question, not to be tolerated. But I know you will pardon it in me. Please answer it quickly, as I feel impatient to know. I have sent my love to your Fanny so often, I fear she is getting tired of it. However, I venture to tender it again. Yours forever, Lincoln. Please answer it quickly. What was going on in Abraham's life that he needed to know the answer to his question so urgently? We don't have Joshua's reply, but less than a month after he sent this letter, Abraham married Mary. Did Abraham feel the same way about Mary that Joshua felt about Fanny? Did Abraham also judge marrying Mary the right thing to do? Did he hope that feelings for the woman who would become his wife would grow after they were married? In his early 20s, Abraham wrote this poem to humiliate an adversary. Intent aside, it's fascinating to see that two men marrying each other was even talked about in the 1830s. For Reuben and Charles have married two girls, but Billy has married a boy. The girls he had tried on every side, but none he could get to agree. All was in vain, he went home again, and since that he's married to Natty. Natty is a nickname for Nathaniel. Tricky Tricks Tens of thousands of nonfiction books have been written about Abraham Lincoln, but only a handful have ever directly addressed Abraham's love for another man. This book is only the second one for young readers to talk about it. Biographers sometimes spoke about Abraham and Joshua's relationship using coded language, such as Carl Sandburg saying in his 1926 Abraham Lincoln, The Prairie Years, quote, their births, the loins and tissues of their fathers and mothers, accident, fate, providence, had given these two men streaks of lavender, spots soft as May violets, unquote. Lavender is a shade of purple, quote, the sacred color associated with gayness, unquote, as gay culture historian Judy Grand put it, and violets, quote, were worn by both men and women in 16th century England to indicate that they did not intend to marry, end quote. In the slang of the 1930s, streak of lavender meant an effeminate man, a term often used to describe gay men. Without taking the risk of saying it, was Sandberg trying to tell some readers, gay readers who could decode his language, that Abraham and Joshua were in love? Sidebar. Who did James Buchanan love? 
James Buchanan is often cited as another U.S. president who might have been gay. A lifelong bachelor and the president immediately before Abraham Lincoln, James had a close relationship with William Rufus King, but once again, few of the letters the two men wrote to each other survived. Here's some of what we do know. From 1834 to 1844, James and William were both senators, James from Pennsylvania and William from Alabama, and they lived in the same Washington, D.C. boarding house. They were together so often that other politicians started calling them Buchanan and his wife, Mr. and Mrs. Buchanan, and Aunt Fancy and Aunt Nancy, derogatory terms at the time for gay men. In what some historians see as an effort to stop the gossip, William took a post as a U.S. minister to France. Cue the mean-spirited jokes in Washington about their divorce. After William died in 1853, he was vice president under Franklin Pierce for only 45 days before his death, James wrote to his friend Cornelia, Mrs. James L. Roosevelt. I am now solitary and alone, having no companion in the house with me. I have gone a-wooing to several gentlemen, but have not succeeded with any one of them. I feel that it is not good for man to be alone, and should not be astonished to find myself married to some old maid who can nurse me when I am sick, provide good dinners for me when I am well, and not expect from me any very ardent or romantic affection. Five years later, James Buchanan became the 15th president of the United States. Franklin Pierce was the 14th U.S. president, James Buchanan was the 15th, and Abraham Lincoln was the 16th. So maybe Abraham wasn't the only male U.S. president to love another man. And in 2012, in a HuffPost article, Sylvia Rue recalled asking the Reverend Cindy Love why William Herndon, Abraham's law partner, then biographer, never gave any indication in his writings that Abraham had been gay. Love replied, William Herndon was my great-great-uncle, and he was gay. And he was Lincoln's lover. Love told Rue that the information had been passed down through the years in their family, but had not been made public. More of the story. Perhaps more than for anyone else profiled in this book, the suggestion that Abraham Lincoln was in love with another man seems to upset Americans the most, as if Abraham's place in history would be diminished if it were true, as if his being gay or bi would make him less great, as if just discussing this is an insult to his memory. But when the truth of people's loves and lives have been purposely hidden, it's time to unlock history's closet door and celebrate that there have been men who loved other men throughout time. Sometimes they are the historical figures. We have the surviving letters that Abraham sent Joshua, and transcripts of those letters are reproduced in many different history books as well as online. So the information is available for all of us to read and consider. Each of us gets to decide for ourselves. Some historians believe that Abraham loved Joshua. Most others don't agree. What do you think? Thank you for listening to bonus episode 35 of Queer as a $5 Bill, the podcast. The Lincoln chapter from No Way They Were Gay, written and narrated by me, Lee Wind, with primary source material performed by Bill Osman as President Abraham Lincoln, Billy Minchel as General William T. Sherman, Cliff Savatos as Joshua Fry Speed, Joe Malika as President James Buchanan, and Katie Burns as the Reverend Cindy Love. 
visit leewin.org to download a free PDF excerpt of this Lincoln chapter. Text excerpts from No Way They Were Gay, copyright 2021, used with permission of Zest Books, a division of Learner Publishing Group, Inc. All rights reserved. I write and produce this podcast. Our theme music is by Doug Pettibone, and our creative consultant is Matthew Winner. Our next bonus episode, a sneak peek at the introduction from my next nonfiction book in the Queer History Project series, The Gender Binary is a Big Lie.